0: Welcome to Unmute Yourself, the podcast. I'm Nancy Metoff, author, speaker, and coach. And I'm Beth
1: Kanaus, creative copywriter and the owner of That's a Spade Copywriting Services. We are done being polite and ready to get real about confidence, boundaries,
0: and self-respect, both personally and in the workplace. Beth and I first met when we collaborated on the best-selling communication handbook for women, Unmute yourself and speak up to stand out. Now we are amplifying our message and taking it on the road with Unmute Yourself, the podcast. Warning there may be no, who are we kidding? Will be some adult content. We have a bullshit button and we're not afraid to use it.
1: So buckle up, Buttercups, because here we go.
0: Hey, girl. Hey. Hey girl. Hey, How what's happening? You? Um, <laughs> you're making me dizzy moving your thing around. Sorry. Um, not much. We are very excited about this episode. Yes, very this much episode, so. I would, I would say this episode is kind of what brought us together. Wouldn't you say? Yes, I would say that. The topic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about owning your truth and owning who you are and t- right. Truth in telling your story. Yes, yes, very much so. Okay, so let's talk. Um, Oh, before we talk, we did want to talk for a second about our use of the terms men and women. So we use men and women and male and female for simplification purposes. And um, you could be a male having some of the feelings that the female's feeling, it could be vice versa. You could be non-binary and not identify as either. Society has not yet caught up with the non-binary in regards to statistics and gender wage gaps and stuff like that. I I do I did recently do a session where I was able to find some information on LGBTQ in general and the wage gap. There is one, by the way. Um, which is another podcast episode. So yes. We just wanted, yes. Which we just wanted to um, make note of that, that when we say male and female, it's really just for simplification purposes. Okay. So owning your truth, owning, telling your story. So Beth, why don't you start because this was your idea. Is okay, cool.
1: Yeah. So I actually went out to dinner with a friend, colleague, and client uh, when we finished up her writing project for her website. And We had never met each other in person, but we had been in networking meetings together. We had had numerous conversations. And the way that we do sometimes, we, you know, really talked about like our stories and where we came from and how we landed, where we are today and that sort of thing. And I was talking to her about, you know, just some similar stuff, things that that you and I cover all the time, right? Like things, how we grew up and generational cycles and all that sort of stuff. And she said, you know, this would be a great podcast topic because I think that people really shrink back from telling their truth. And for me as a writer, I want to write for, you know, confident business owners who are ready to stand up and say, this is who I am. This is how I'm different. And this is how I offer what I do the way that i can only do it
0: and people have a really hard time with that so i agree and i think your your difference is your competitive advantage absolutely right well
1: because if you can really
0: own your difference with
1: its humanity and flaws and everything Mm -hmm. else there is no competition technically because there's nobody like you right we're individuals we're humans we hear it all the time we're unique we're individual and yet we have this pack mentality of driving into you know, the group and being in the group. And that's just something that's inbred, right? You'll hear people say back in the days of cave uh, men that that's, that's what they did to survive, right? They needed, needed a tribe and a group and everything else, but they weren't necessarily running small businesses and concerned with thought leadership. <laughs> Right, and that's something that requires the confidence to step out and the courage. Right, I hear people talk a lot lately about courage before confidence, which I can definitely see that if you're not confident, if you wait around for confidence. You could wait for a while, whereas if you are courageous,
0: you can step out and and find your way to confidence. So, why do you think many people? Um, before I get into that question, so you mentioned assimilating to the group. And that oftentimes in the corporate world is how you succeed. So um, it's interesting because again, I feel very strongly that your difference is what makes you unique is what makes you special. And it's, what's going to earn you more money or get you the promotion or get you more clients. So why do you think people shy away from really stepping into who they are? uh so again i think
1: that's you know a multi level sort of thing but i think we want to be accepted and we want to blend in and we want to belong again i think that's just something we we're taught right i mean we're taught certain things right when you you can go back to the time that you're a kid right don't raise your voice in front of you know aunt sally she'll get upset or you know don't talk to your parents that way or you know, go put on a longer skirt to go to church. That's not what God wants to see. Or, you know, I mean, you can find it everywhere in life, right, to get a job or whatever. You're like, what do I have to say to please this person? And we spend a lot of time worrying about pleasing the other entity and not as much time or the necessary amount of time worrying about what pleases us, right, and what makes us feel good, right? And you lose track, I think, of what your differentiator is when you do that.
0: I'm going to tie this back to corporate again and take it a step higher or a step further. You are actually rewarded for Mm. conforming to the norms in the corporate world. You are promoted, you are invited, you are included. And the people who don't conform to the culture in the company or the team, whether or not that is a healthy culture or a toxic culture, the people who conform to the expectations of the leader and of the team are the ones who are rewarded. And that is not fair. So what I would say is rather than, because this happened to me, this this was part of my career progression, rather than change who you are to fit in with the group or the company or the team, step into who you really are because that's how you're going to be happy. So even if you, and I did, even if you, you know, walk the talk and drink the Kool-Aid as they like to say, and, and, and do whatever you need to do to keep climbing the corporate ladder. Is that really making you happy? Is the title making you happy? Is the salary increase making you happy? Is what you are doing your calling and what you should be doing? And if it is, that's great. But if it's not, then it's time to figure out what you should be doing and then go and then go do it.
1: Right, right. Yeah, you're doing yourself a huge disservice, I think, when you're trying to fit into the image that somebody else, that you think somebody else expects of you, right? A lot of the times it's not even 100% clear. You're just trying, right? And I see this too with writing with people with their content. They're like, well, if I say this, I'll get clients. Well, if I say that, I'll get clients. And it's like, you know, what you want to say counts too. You know, and you want to say it in a certain way, you want to deliver it in a certain way so that it's received really well by the right people. But it can't always be about throwing spaghetti against the wall about what do you think people want to hear? Because if you start saying what you want to say, people will find you and be drawn to you because they like it and because they agree. So it just takes time, right? It's not something that happens overnight.
0: And those are your people.
1: Yes, those are absolutely. Your people. Absolutely.
0: If you have a big corporate job and you don't love what you're doing and you can figure out, and we'll talk in a minute about how to know who you are, um, figure out what you want to be doing, excuse me, then you go do it and maybe you make a little less money or maybe you have to start over or whatever the case is. I I, I can tell, I can share with anybody listening from experience that the minute you step into who you are and own it, your life will change forever and it will change for the better and you will never, ever, ever look back. Yeah, you will not. Absolutely. So this makes me off the cuff <clears throat> think about my
1: son. So he's the, the youngest, the third. He's got two older sisters. And then of course there was me and my husband. And I'm gonna say like middle school years, roughly, you know, were tough for him. Not because they're tough for everybody else, but because- They are, um, because he was, served sarcasm for breakfast, I guess, witty, sarcasm, and humor by people who are older, right? And he was bright. He was a smart kid. You know, he had all these people teaching him to read and do math and do all this stuff. So definitely a bright kid and definitely a kid who spoke out, right? Because, of course, to get what he needed, he needed to speak up. So he would get in trouble in class. In fact, I remember one specific class and the teacher said to me, he raises his hand too much. And I was like, could you, do you want to hear yourself say that again? Right. Can you just say that again? He's like, well, you know, the kids who don't raise their hands won't, you know, raise their hands. If a kid like him keeps raising his hand. And I'm like, well, then I guess maybe something needs to be done in the school system. Cause maybe he needs to be in a different class, <laughs> but that's a whole nother ball game uh, in public school. So You know, he would constantly, you know, be getting in trouble for saying like certain things or doing certain things, you know, he'd be bored and whatever. And he would come home and say to me, I'm so frustrated. Why am I not the teacher's favorite? Why is the teacher nicer to other kids? And, you know, why doesn't the teacher do this for me? And I would say, listen, if you go into class every day and you sit with your hands in your lap and you stop raising your hand and you don't make these comments, you can be the teacher's pet. But you have to ask yourself, is that what you really want? Or do you want to be the person you are? Because you have a great personality. And yes, are you learning about what you should and shouldn't say sometimes and where it's appropriate? But, you know, you have to ask, are you going to sacrifice this piece of who you are? And I remember my kids being like, I I know that's not what like the average parent was saying, but I was like, listen, these are skills that are going to help you down the road. So... Don't worry about it. Who cares if you're not the teacher's pet? Like, once you leave this class, you'll never see that person again. What do we care? He's not your uncle or anybody else. And not that that matters either, but you're not inviting this person to your graduation or your wedding or
0: whatever. <laughs> so, you know, it's all right. Just do your best and get out of the class, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I would just substitute boss for teacher in that story. Yeah. And that's probably 90% of corporate America. You conform to the culture or what the boss wants and expects, which is survival to a certain point. I mean, you know, if you want to get good marks, if you want to get if you want to get good grades, you have to do what the teacher says. If you want to get a good review, you have to do what the boss says, or assimilate to that to what that person's expectations are of how you will behave. Um, so uh, you know, it, it it's just yeah, <laughs> I I feel really passionate. It's a lot. Yeah. So this is a lot of what, what I do in my coaching and it's actually a lot of the book is about this too. So, you know, how to figure out who you are and what you want is probably 90% of the battle because I have a lot of people that say to me, where do you even start? So I would, I just got a great um, tip actually. It was from someone on a podcast and it was a Mel Robbins tip for those of you who follow Mel Robbins. And what she suggested was that every day for 30 days, I was just on a walk with a friend today and, and we talked about it. Every day for 30 days, um, write down five things Five things you want. What is it that you want? Five things. And by the end of those 30 days, you'll see a theme. Something is going to come up the most. It doesn't have to be the same thing. It can be different, whatever the case may be, but you're going to see what do you really want? And I think, I, ha- you know, I'm on like day eight. Um, so I think, I think that would be a good exercise to, especially if you're in the middle of some kind of professional crisis or reevaluation or reinvention to just every morning, 30 days in a row, five things that you want and, and see what, see what comes up. Yeah, that is cool. I would have to leave that someplace where it would be so
1: blatantly in my face so that I would remember to do it, but I could do that.
0: Well, you can habit stack it. What do you do in the morning? Do you drink coffee or tea? Yeah, I drink tea. I mean, I'm down in the kitchen. Yeah. I, I would habit stack it. When you're having your tea, that's when you do it because you have tea every day, right? Right. Yeah. 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 Um, my other recommendation for that is um the strengths exercise that um I think I don't know if we talk about it in the book, but um and for those of you who want it, you can just go to my website and click and it'll download it. Um it's called highfivetest.com high5test.com and it it tells you through a series of questions what your inherent strengths are. And then once you hone in on, it gives you five for free. You can get a fuller report for money. but and then once you hit on hone in on those five, you look at those top three and this says, this is what I'm really good at and what you're really good at is probably what you love to do because you love to do it. you keep doing it again and again and again, and you get even better at it. So that's another, you know, if, if you're struggling with, how to know what's next and a lot of people are there right now a lot um, i would say try the high five test and 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 look at the five and then pick the top 3 from those or the three that resonate with you the most and then look at is this is what i'm spe- is this what i'm spending my time doing and if it's not what can i do so that that's how i'm spending my time
1: yes and so i i'm going to take that one step further because i recently wrote uh, some social posts, I think I actually posted a video on this concept, because we spend all this time focusing on vision, mission, value, right? Especially if people are developing their businesses and their websites. And, you know, it's, I have to have a, my values clear, and I have to have a mission you do. But your strengths are the things that you do to implement your values in your business. So you can say, I believe in integrity, but what does that mean? what strength are you using to amplify that integrity around you in your business and in your life? So I think they go hand in hand.
0: I agree. I agree. Um, and then to get comfortable with that. Right. So yep. and it's, in, you know, it's really interesting because they'll change over time. I've been doing yeah. this particular thing for 30, 40 years. And um, so this is interesting. I did it. <clears throat> I did it with a client, with a group uh, like a year ago. And I, and it changed like I think three out of five of them changed, maybe four out of five of them. And it was exactly what I do for a living, exactly. And it was spooky almost. And, yeah. and um, I thought to myself, wow, right? Look at that. You're actually doing it. You're doing what you love to do and you are leveraging your biggest strengths. And that was a really big, that was a really big moment for me. I remember it and I remember where I was. Because that's all I ever wanted to do. And that's why I left my, my cushy, high paying corporate job to leap without a net and, and just follow my mission to your point. And that's a, that's a great case study for if you do it. And if you walk the talk, that's, you're going to end up bathing in your strengths.
1: Yes. Bathing
0: yes. in what you love to do. Right. And being your,
1: your best self. Right
0: being your best self and unapologetically. Like I remember when I was trying to, you know, when I was part of a team and a corporate team, I always felt like something was missing. And I always felt that it made me a little less than the other people. And I would argue it's the, it's the opposite. You know, I felt that there was something missing and I admitted it. And then I stepped into it unapologetically. No, you know, I'm gonna go do this. I'm gonna leave this comfort. I'm gonna leave the security. I'm gonna leave the stock on the table, my stock options. I'm gonna leave all of this stuff unapologetically because I have to do what I'm what I want to be doing and what I'm meant to be doing. And that is that is the holy grail. I mean, that's that's everything. Everything. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just
1: think it's interesting because, you know, we've already done an episode on the happiness curve. And I think that, you know, once you're back on that upswing, like this is when these things occur and, um, it'll be interesting to see moving, interesting to see moving forward as we learn and embrace all this sort of mindset, will the happiness curve change?
0: You mean as younger people start to own their truth moving forward? Yes. Or will they?
1: Right, right. Or will it just start to happen maybe a little bit earlier, right? Which yeah. is, you know, I don't know. Do we hope that happens? I'm not really sure because there's a certain amount of wisdom and experience, but we could dive into that, right? With a whole separate
0: episode. Yeah, I like that. Um, so uh, you and I had a, a conversation when we were prepping for this about uh, the word real. And it really, it really, it really resonated with me. So, uh, tell the podsters a little more about that. Okay,
1: so you know, I'm constantly exploring words and how people use them, and are they using them because it's you know the right language to use, or is it just what everybody else is saying? So, a word that's similar that ties into this is authentic. I feel like people use the authentic, the word authentic, all the time, and authentic doesn't mean perfect authentic means you as you are in the moment flaws and all but knowing and honoring your strengths right like i feel like this all ties in so you know people are always saying authentic like it's this thing that you aspire to when really it's something that exists in the moment right with everything with the balance of all the pieces of who you are in that moment and really showing that so real is a word like that and I was taking notes someday and realized that we say the word real in our language all the time. We say real McCoy. We say, keeping it real. Shit just got real. Can you do that in real time? You know, it's the real thing. Pepsi Cola, you know, real goals. Let's get real. I mean, Shaka Khan sang a song to be real. Um, is that the real deal? Like we put this emphasis on real and it should really be more of a natural thing, right? It shouldn't be something that's so hard to embody, right? Or to express, but that goes back to that hesitancy and that resistance of, do we want to be real, like fully real, or are we more worried about being a little less real, but accepted by the greater good or by the, by the masses?
0: Well, what? yeah, so what's the, the downside of being real?
1: Well, there's going to be people that maybe don't like your version of real, right? Of who you are when you're being real. Um, and that's okay. Like, you don't have to be liked by everybody. And I think that's hard. I think we want everybody to like us. And we, we're taught that, right? Be nice to everybody. So everybody's nice to you. Invite all the kids to your kindergarten birthday party. You know, <laughs> all of this stuff. But that's Maybe that's not real. You know, maybe you don't want that, and you're just caught up in being accepted and belonging.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I was—I um, remember I was interviewing for a job a long time ago. This was probably legit twenty years ago, and um, the the person that was it was it. We were reorging within the company, and a lot of people were applying for leadership positions. And I remember I was I was talking to the person that was the hiring manager, very very strong leader, um, and. I, kept, I I compared myself to two other leaders. I said, I get this from this person and I get this from this person. And he looked at me and he was not a very warm and fuzzy person. He looked at me, he said, well, and then you add in you, you add in you. Right. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, like, yeah, uh, yeah, I add in me, but I didn't think that was valuable enough. I thought it was more valuable to me, to for me to be, a little bit like her and a little bit like her and and it was this leader who um, you know, was really kind of uh, aloof, who said and and you, don't forget you and and that stuck with me. That was a really long time ago. Um, and that stuck with me and 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 I think it affected me because I started getting more confident, not mimicking what they were doing, but really stepping into what I wanted to do. Nice. Yeah, I think that's true, right? Yeah. So how would you suggest that people figure out their truth or their story? So
1: how do they figure it out? So I'm gonna tell another quick story. I was speaking at a conference last year, the Shore Women's Conference, of which this year you will be a headline speaker, which is very exciting
0: whoop, whoop, keynote speaker, South Shore Conference for Women, tickets available now.
1: (laughs) See you there. Um, So I was there and I was talking about this very thing about how do people dig a little deeper? How do they spend a little more time with their messaging and find the things that they should say that other people in their industry aren't saying? And it requires being vulnerable and being unique and saying some stuff. So I was talking about how I became a writer because it was not, you know, a traditional path. I do not have like an MFA or anything like that. I worked in the beauty industry. I worked, I wrote personally for many years, but knew that I would eventually want to do this for work. And so I think one of the skills I have is that I'm a really great communicator and it does come up in my strengths tests. Uh, and I'm great at communicating unco- about uncomfortable things. And I learned it from my dad and I was raised by my dad and my dad was in recovery. And my dad had no idea how to raise a teenage girl. And so everything in my house was, you know, AA speak and somebody in the audience, I saw a woman roll her eyes at me and, you know, I didn't say anything because for me, you know, when you get somebody who challenges you on a social media post or on your website, or they get disgruntled or, you know, people get defensive it's because they most likely are your people and they need to hear what you have to say. And maybe they're not ready for that, but you triggered something into, in them. You reached an emotional point, right? We talk all the time about what are the pain points and solutions in the work that you do. And so you can you know, tap into that. If everybody says, oh yes, I agree and that's right and that's nice, that's great, but they could be anybody's people. But when somebody has a reaction to what you say, I really feel like if you can be patient with them, they may be somebody who needs to connect with you. So I just went on. Afterwards, she came up and she talked to me and she asked me a couple of questions and it was great, you know? Um, but sometimes you have to look past the eye rollers because their first reaction might almost be like, oh my God, people can see that I can relate
0: to that. Right, right, right. Sometimes absolutely. They that they feel yeah. exposed. Yeah, or a big fear, or a big fear, right. like, I, right. Um, You know, it's interesting because stories are what resonate and stories are a a big part of persuasion. People remember stories and they identify with you, with your stories. Um, And I remember when I was doing some brand work a a long time ago, we really had to go deep on what my origin story, why do I do what I do? And I didn't know. And I, we had, you know, we, it was several sessions until we really went back and back and back. And it wasn't until we went back there that I that I figured out why I do what I do and I share it with everyone and it resonates. People remember. Um, now, fast forward, I have a friend who's opening a, an inn in Vermont. Uh, shout out to the Brattleboro Inn in Vermont, brattleboro.com, thebrattleboro.com. Anyway, um, he and his partner are opening this inn and um, on his website, his web designer wanted him to put information about the innkeepers about them, what's their story? And he said to me, no one cares about us. They don't care about our story. And I said, are you kidding me? That's why people will go. They want, they'll look at the end and then they'll, they'll see who is behind the end. So who's behind the product? Who is behind your product that you are selling? That is who they want to work with. Everybody yes. has a swimming pool and a koi pond and spa or whatever. They wanna hear about you and that's what's gonna resonate. And um, it, it, so he did it and, it and everybody wants to know his story. What's your story? Why, why did you leave your job and open it an in and put everything on the line? So, you know, I think we talked about a bunch of different ways, a bunch of different tactical steps. I think at the end of the day, not only is owning your truth gonna set you free, it will, it sounds cliche, it will, it will also bring you to what it is you should be doing and who you should be serving or where you should be working and what you should be doing. So, you know, I, I encourage everybody to do the work and it's not that hard. You know, it's, it's um, it just takes a little bit of time to, to just really figure it out and then take that information. And the awareness is half the battle, but take that information and then use it. Okay what should I be doing? So, you know, what can I go do so that this is what I should be doing? And if you're thinking about, you know, changing your offerings or if you're thinking about, you know, opening your own business or whatever the case may be, will it support what it is that makes you thrive? That should be your lens. That should be your lens for everything.
1: Mm. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
0: Okay. Any last words of wisdom? This this was a long one. A longy.
1: No, I think we gave a lot of things for people to think about. This is kind
0: of a deep thinking sort of topic. So we did, and we would love to hear how it's going, or you know what's working. You can find both of us on LinkedIn. Uh, you can find both of us both of us on Instagram. Um, I mentioned earlier that that as part of the book that I don't know. Do people know that you're the editor in the book? Do they know that? I don't know. I don't yeah. know. So- on on. A- Unmute Bath yourself, is the, Beth up. is the editor of Unmute Yourself and Speak Up to Stand Out, now available on Audible and Paperback and what's the other thing? Amazon? No, right? Audible, there's another way to get it. I can't remember what it is. Yes, Amazon. Thank you. Um, anyway, we go through the strengths exercise in the book. Um, and it's also, if you go to my website on the homepage, there'll be a little pop-up and you can enter your email address and I'll send you all that stuff. Um it really, it it the truth will set you free. Hallelujah! All right, well we can end with that. Okay, bye, girl, bye,
1: bye, girl, bye.
0: That's a wrap on another episode of Unmute Yourself, the podcast. We hope you found value in today's podcast. We hope you were able to take a little time for yourself and perhaps think about how you're showing up.
1: And thank you for all of the great feedback we've been receiving. We'd love to hear more from you about what you think, the tactics you're using every day to speak up, and anything else you'd like to hear about on future episodes of Unmute Yourself, the podcast. You can contact us through our websites. Nancy can be found at nancemedoff.com and Beth can be found at thatsaspade.com. Or you can email us at unmute yourself the podcast, all one word, at gmail.com. We will see you next week. And until then, keep speaking up.